is always such a privilege to gather, isn't it? It's always great to be able to come together like we are tonight. And uh, th tonight we want to explore a question. And my question is this. What are we investing our lives in? What are we investing our lives in? Now, as Sam just hinted, um, one of the things that I heavily invest my life in is Liverpool Football Club. You don't need to judge me, it's all right. I, I invest a lot in Liverpool Football Club. And um, I'm beginning to wonder whether it really is worth it. Do you know, there's so many ups and downs in being a Liverpool fan. And I'm thinking, if I could go back if I could go back to when I was a child and I could choose something else that I invested in, I could never change team. That wouldn't be possible. But maybe I could change sport. <laughs> so if I was going back there, back, back to the beginning, do you know, I think I would invest, I would invest in a young man called Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton is now, as of this year, Sir Lewis Hamilton. He has won not one Formula One World Championship, not two, but seven. He is a seven-time world champion. He has won more Formula One races than any other person in history. And shock horror, he's British. He's actually good, and he's British. So if I was to go back, I would definitely invest in him. Today, as has been said, is giving Sunday. And twice a year we set aside some time and we have a conversation and we talk about money and we talk about giving and we shake up all that Britishness where we like, can't possibly talk about those things. And we just spend some time having an honest conversation about money. And the reason that we do that is Jesus talked about money a surprising amount. In fact, in the scriptures, in the, in the Bible, there are so many uh, references to different topics. So you'd think belief is a really important part of our faith, yeah? Well, the Bible talks about belief over 250 times. The Bible talks about prayer. Again, you'd think, well, it's how I talk to God. That is vitally important. The Bible talks about prayer 350 times, over 350 times. And perhaps the most central thing about the whole thing is love. And the Bible talks about love over 700 times. But here's something surprising. The Bible talks about money and giving over 2,000 times. Why? Why? Well, I think we get a clue from Jesus in the passage that we're going to be looking at this evening. I think Jesus begins to tease out why it's so important for us to stop and have a conversation and think about money and giving. So the passage tonight is from Matthew chapter 6 and it starts at verse 19. These, uh, this is what Jesus says. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For, and this is important, for where your treasure is, there 
your heart is also. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and you'll love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, I think this teaching from, from Jesus is phenomenal. I think it's life-changing. And what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to pull out three firm foundations, okay? We're going to get, imagine there's a big block, and we're going to have three firm foundations. And we're going to really grapple with them, and then I'm going to throw some uh, advice, some top tips about giving. So the first foundation is this. Money shows us what we are investing our lives in. Money shows us what we are investing our lives in. And it's true, isn't it? So if you look at my bank statements over the last 12 years, you'll make an observation. The observation is that every now and again, every year almost, I buy some extremely expensive, overpriced, small t-shirts that will fit my children from the city of Liverpool. (laughs) Why? Because I'm invested in my children falling in love with Liverpool and having that fun with me. My bank statement shows it. There's another thing that my bank statements will show you. It feels like it's confession time. Um, and this shows you something that I'm not investing in. So if you look to my bank statement, since I've started working here, you will see this very, very regularly on my bank statements. Tesco meal deal, three pounds. Tesco meal deal, three pounds. Tesco meal deal, three pounds. Because there's a Tesco over there. And it, what does it tell you? It tells you that I have not invested in making my lunch every day. I've not prioritised that. And honestly, that's something that I really want to change, but I'm not prioritising it, and it shows up where in my money. I've got some good friends uh, who come to this church called Andy and Lottie, and their heart is for the local businesses. And if you look at their bank statements, it will show you that, that they shop local all the time. It will come up. So I wonder what your bank statements might show. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we've got every single TV streaming subscription available. Well, that'll tell us that we're investing a lot of time in TV. Maybe it'll show you that you're um, spending a lot of time in, in good coffee shops, which maybe is a little hint that you're investing in friendships. Like, it's important to spend time over a coffee with friends. I don't know what it is. But it'll show us, that money shows us what it is that we're investing in. But Jesus said, do not store up treasures on earth, but store them up in heaven. And I think if we're really going to take seriously those words of Jesus, it's going to make us ask these sort of questions. Am I investing in things that are of heaven or of earth? Am I investing in things that have an eternal impact or just an immediate impact, like an instant gratification? Am I investing in things that are going to build up the kingdom of God or am I investing in things that will build another person's kingdom? Our money shows us what we're investing in. The second point, our money shows us where our heart is. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, 
Maybe this is slightly controversial. Feel free to push back in your minds. But I don't think that God is actually that interested in our money. Sounds controversial, especially on Giving Sunday. <laughs> but I don't think God is actually that interested in our money. What he's interested in is our heart. But here's the key. He knows we need to be givers. God doesn't need our money, but he knows that we need to give. God doesn't need our money, but he knows that we need to become givers because as we do, we step into freedom. God doesn't need our money, but he knows that life in all its fullness is found as in generosity and in giving. God doesn't need our money, but he knows we need to give. Why would the creator of heaven and earth need a little bit of cash from Tim from Preston in 2021? Well, actually, it's because he knows that it's best for me. He knows it's good for me. He knows that I'll grow as I do it. Money shows us where our heart is. The third one. Money shows us who it is we're worshipping. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, I, I find these words really interesting because Jesus didn't say, guys, try your best not to serve money and serve God. He didn't say, guys, I've got some really important advice. Listen up, don't serve money and don't serve God. What he said was a statement. He said, you cannot serve both God and money. It's like saying, guys, they're just not compatible. And if I really think about those words, if I really let them like seep into my, the depths of who I am, I honestly find that quite painful. Because I know that I exist in this culture where we are surrounded with consumerism. We're surrounded with the message that you can buy your happiness, that you can buy your identity, you can buy fulfillment. We're constantly being bombarded with that message. And I know that I'm affected by that. But Jesus says, Tim, I love you, so you need to know these two, they're not compatible. You can't serve both God and money. And he says it to you and to me because he loves us and he wants us to know the freedom that we can have. So these are our three foundations. Money shows us what we're investing our lives in. It shows us where our heart is and it shows us who we are worshipping. And that is why it's so important that we talk about money. Okay, right. Time to get practical. So if you want, you can get your phones out. You can start making notes. If, you, if you're watching at home, get the notebook out. Uh, I always do know if you're checking Instagram, though. So I, I always know these things. Um, but we've got seven top tips. And I'm really proud of myself this evening because I made seven top tips. And they all start with the word give. Yes. Yes. Uh, hands up if you like love a little bit of like consistency like that. Sam does. Great. It's good to know. Um, Number one top tip for you if you want to become a giver. Number one, give joyfully. There is nothing worse 
than that grumpy giver, is there? You know how I'm talking about. He just looked at his friend. I saw that. You know who the grumpy giver is. We've all been there. We have been in the pub when people say, oh, it's your turn to get around him, and their faces, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to get around him. Everything in me doesn't want to do it. Grumpy giving is awful. The truth is, giving is a joyful thing, isn't it? Like, we, we probably experience it best at like Christmas, when we give and we see the joy that it brings. But if we can give to somebody, if we can give to a community, if we can give to a city, it is a joyful thing. And then Paul, who is one of the heroes of the Bible, he wrote a letter to a church in a place called Corinth. And he said this. He said, each one of you must give as you have decided in your heart. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So tonight, if you go away thinking, oh, I better start giving, if you think, oh, I really should, I ought to, then we have completely failed, okay? This is an opportunity to be a joyful giver. So that's top tip number one. If you want to be a giver, give joyfully. Top tip number two, give worshipfully. Now, I want you to imagine that we were sat in this beautiful building about 50 years ago. There'd be pews everywhere, it'd be absolutely freezing cold, there'd be no trendy lights. And what would happen in the, wor in the worship, in the service, is a little plate would be passed around bit by bit, and everybody would get a little bit of cash and they'd put it on the plate. And it was called an offering. And the reason that that happened was that it was like we were offering our, our giving as an act of worship. And guys, that's why each week we give people an opportunity to give. That's why we mention it each week, because we see it as an act of worship. But here's the thing, you really need to grasp. When we give, we are giving, when we give worshipfully, we are giving to the one who gave everything for us. When we give worshipfully, we are giving to the one who paid the cost for our sins on the cross. When we give worshipfully, we are giving to the one who gave it all, who created everything. When we give to the one, if the whole realm we had in our hands, we gave every penny, if we gave every moment, it wouldn't even get close to what God has given us. We can give worshipfully. So we give joyfully, we give worshipfully, and number three, we give our first. Now this one is a really, really practical one. And uh, for me, this was uh, when I realised this a good number of years ago now. It was a bit of a, a bit of a game changer for me. Uh, there's a proverb in the scriptures that say, "Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops." And it's like, give your first. So in really practical terms for us, maybe you get a weekly bit of income, maybe you get a monthly bit of income. And if we decide that we are going to give our first, like the first thing that comes out of the account, to God, then what does that communicate to God and to ourselves? Well, it says, 
God, you're first. And then, there's loads of other important stuff. I need to pay for my, my gas, my electric, I need to get some food, I need to have some shelter, I need some clothes. But, I'm relying on you for that. I'm putting that, I'm trusting you for those things. Let's flip out his head. If we give our, our last bit, then what we're saying is, I'm going to sort out all those important things. I'm going to sort out my food and my electric and warmth. I'm going to sort those things. I'm going to sort out my entertainment. And then I'll give you a little bit of the leftovers. Whatever's left, I'll give you some of that. Do you see the difference? And so I would really encourage you, if you want to be a giver, it's a great journey. Literally on my life spreadsheet, by the way, big fan of spreadsheets. <laughs> Guys, anybody in the office will tell you I'm the king of spreadsheets. That's a slight aside. Um, but on my spreadsheet and my budget, it's the first thing. Because it's like a statement saying, this, Lord, I want you to be the first thing. So, give joyfully. Give worshipfully. Give your first. Top tip number four. Give a percentage. Again, I think it's a really practical one. Now, you might have heard of the an Old Testament principle of tithing. I don't know if you've heard that word. But it was in the Old Testament. It talked about a tithe, and it was giving God 10% of what you had. And it was great because it was a real leveler, because it said, it doesn't actually matter how much you earn, you need to give a percentage. And uh, I think it's a really helpful way of thinking about giving, because it reminds us that it really isn't about the amount, it really is about the heart. Neville touched on the story earlier, but I love it. As Jesus was in the temple, he gathered his disciples and he said, Look, you see that old widow over there giving two tiny coins, hardly any value, hardly any amount. He said, She has given more than all the other people that made a bit of show, that gave more amount. Why? Because God's economy is about the heart. He said, this way is given more. And I think it's really important for us in this season. Because maybe you're, you're sat there or maybe you're watching at home and you're thinking, Tim, I've just been made redundant. Maybe you're thinking, Tim, the, the business that I'm part of has just been decimated by COVID. I haven't got any money lying around. Maybe you're sat there going, Tim, I pay £9,000 a year to have some lectures on Zoom and I have to live on pot noodles. <laughs> you don't understand? Well, this shows us that it really is about, the percentage helps us remember that it's about our heart. Mm, and it doesn't, so maybe tonight you'd be thinking, Lord, I, I want to give you a little percentage. Maybe I want to I want to push it a bit more. I want to give you more percentage than I've ever done before. Maybe you're someone who's been tithing for a long time. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you've been giving kind of you know a ten percent thing. Maybe you want to go, Lord, I'm I'm going to stretch this a little bit. It's about the heart. It's about the percentage, not the amount. Number six, give it a stretch. Give it a stretch. Now. Uh, most of you might know that I broke my leg before Christmas. 
Can I have a little R for that? It's quite painful. I broke my leg before Christmas, and I'm, I'm in that stage now where I can walk, but I've got to do those physio exercises. And um, when I'm doing my physio exercises, if I do them right, if I commit to them, then I'm actually putting a little bit of stress and a little bit of strain on the muscles and on the ligaments around my ankle, and it aches a bit afterwards. But if I do it, it's strengthening the muscle so I can take on more. So I can walk now, but hopefully soon I'm gonna be able to jog. And then maybe after I've been jogging a bit, I might be able to run. But it's only gonna happen if I, if I step into that slightly uncomfortable zone. If I, if I stay where I am, and I just do what I know I can do, I'm not gonna build it up. And I think that's a really great principle to think about our giving. It's another top tip. I wanna say to you, give it a stretch. Let's see what happens if, if I put God first, if I give him a percentage, if I, if I just, if I enter that faith zone a bit, and I think, oh Lord, would I be all right if I gave this much? And you know, I, I think some interesting things happen as we enter that faith zone, as we stretch into that. I actually think God gives us stuff. I think he gives us freedom. He releases us from the worries that we have about money. I think he releases us from the pressures of, of like having to, to keep up with consumerism. So there we go. Give joyfully. Give worshipfully. Give your first. Give a percentage. Give it a stretch. And number six, give to the local church. This is a really important one for us to grasp this evening. There's a saying uh, that says, the local church is the hope for the world. The local church is the hope for the world. Now, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why God does it this way. But for some reason, God's chosen way to reach the world is through the local church. Like if I was God, I would probably think of a different way. Probably like just boom, something like that. But God's chosen way to reach the world with the good news about him is through the local church. That's what he's chosen to do. God's chosen way to reach the people and tell them that he loves them is through the local church. And uh, if you've been around for the last four weeks, you'll know that we've spent a lot of time talking about vision. We spent a lot of time talking about the fact that this is a year of invitation to us. And I believe that this year, God is going to use this local church to, to go out to the 98% of Preston who don't know that Jesus loves them. To the 98% of this region that don't know that God is for them and cares about them. He's going to use this local church to spread that hope. To say to those people, you can find your home in Jesus here as part of this community. You can find your purpose here as a follower of Jesus in this community. You can help transform this city as you come and be part of this community. He is going to do some amazing things through this local church. But you know, our vision doesn't stop there. We, uh, towards the end of the year, our amazing Jason and Rachel, they are going to be going to Blackburn and planting a church. And I love that. Maybe some of you sat here are going to end up going with them. 
And I love that about this church. You see, what we uh, want to do is we don't, we don't just want to grow. We want to grow and give. Grow and give. We want to grow and, and plant a church. And then we want to go and plant another church. This is an amazing, exciting vision to be part of. Honestly, when I think about it, something stirs in me and I love it. I want to give my life to it. I want to give my all to it. And you know, that is why twice a year we spend time as a community thinking about our money, our finances, our giving. Because I want to give you all an opportunity to give towards that. To invest your lives in that, to be part of this. Do you remember at the beginning I mentioned Lewis Hamilton? Seven time world champion, Sir Lewis Hamilton. It is an amazing story. But there's a part of the story that not many people know. It's about a man called Anthony. Anthony is Lewis's dad. And Anthony looked at Lewis when he was 10. And he looked at Lewis in this little go-kart. And Anthony saw that Lewis could become a Formula One driver. Anthony looked at Lewis his black son in a very white dominated sport and he said I believe you can become a Formula 1 driver Anthony looked at his son uh, who was not wealthy in a very wealthy sport and he said I believe that he can become a Formula 1 driver you see Anthony saw what it could be and he invested in it he invested in Lewis. He gave his life to him. He gave his money. He put all of his resources, all of his time into this, this wonderful child that he had with all that potential. And now he is the greatest Formula One driver of all time. I don't know what you see when you look at Preston Minster. Maybe you see a church that's arrived. Like, wow, this is good. Music's amazing. People are great. Speaker's a bit dodgy, but you know, he's, he's getting there. I don't know what you see. Shall I tell you what I see? I see a 10 year old in a go kart. Mm. Friends, I believe God is going to do some extraordinary things through this local church. I believe that this church is going to become a seven time church planter in the next decade. I am so pumped for this. And I want to give you the opportunity to invest yourself in it tonight. So give joyfully. Give worshipfully. Give your first. Give a percentage. Give it a stretch. Give to the local church. And the final one, give it a go. Let's give it a go. You want to say to God tonight, I'm in. I'll give it a go. I've never done this before, but... I'll give it a go. So I'm going to give us all an opportunity to respond to this. So what we're going to do is, in a moment, I'm going to pray, and there's going to be a little bit of music. We're going to have about four minutes or so, and that's your time to respond. 
And you, I'd love you to, to pray, to ask God to speak to you through that. And there are two ways which you can practically respond to what's been said tonight. The first is you can uh, email in a pledge. So if you email, it'll come up in a moment, but if you email give at prestonminster.org, you can say on that email what you want to pledge to give. And I'd love you to pledge to give a regular uh, giving, a regular, uh, like a monthly amount. The other way you can do it is on our chairs, we've got an envelope and uh, on there there's some more details and you can write a pledge on the envelopes too. But if, if you've never given and you feel like you're part of this family and you would like to set up your first ever regular giving thing, we would love that. And it's a great first step. And if you're someone who um, has been doing this for a while and you've, you've given, uh, I would love you to consider increasing your giving to contributing towards that, that extra £600 a week that we would love to be able to reach. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to move. And I want to encourage you to get your phones out, email in a pledge. And that, just so you know, that, that email will only go to the finance team. Not, nobody's going to see it. And you can email that pledge and they will respond and help you uh, with what you need to do to set it up. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the provider. Lord, we declare that um, we trust you as provider. But Lord, we offer ourselves to you completely tonight. And I pray that you would speak to us now about what it is that we can invest in your local church. Come and speak to us.